Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. To tell you the honest truth, I thought, well... We're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left. Another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Damien Knott, who is a UFO investigator and sky watcher. He's also made some documentaries beyond the spectrum and fractured realities. And you may know him from a couple of others. This bloke is all over the place. Uh, Damien, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Kate. It's great to have you on, mate. I have to tell you, this is, I didn't tell you this before we started recording, but you are probably our most requested guest to get on the podcast for a long time. Oh, wow. I'm honored. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's, uh, you, you kind of had this almost famous, how, how would I say it, persona about yourself when it comes to the UFO world? Because you have captured some of the most amazing UFO videos that I've, I've legitimately ever seen. And I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know why they find you. But, mate, some of the videos that you have captured, are, they will genuinely turn non-believers into believers. And what got you down this whole path of, of looking up at the sky, looking for UFOs? Oh, it started me off, okay, it was a sighting when I was nine years old, uh, I was walking down the street, uh, heading home from a friend's place, I had my skateboard under my arm, I was waiting to get to the top of the street, and um, before I could, you know, jump on the board and head down really quick, and anyway, get home, because my mum was expecting me for dinner and whatnot, anyway, so, for some reason, I got to the top of the hill, and I was about to jump on my board, and I looked straight up in the air, I don't know why, to this day I did, and then, but sure enough, right above me is a red ball of light, and it was probably about a bit bigger than a basketball, a bit uh, it's hard to tell when you're young. Uh, looking back, I, I remember the light and everything. I remember what I was doing. It was sort of mimicking my movements. I stared at it for a few seconds. I wasn't scared or anything, but 
then I kept walking and I looked up again and there it was again directly above me after maybe walking for you know 10 seconds or something and there it was again directly above me so I thought okay that's a bit strange so kind of sprinted for a second and then stopped and then it sort of kept pace with me and it kind of started freaking me out thinking what is this thing and um, and so I ran the rest of the way home um, once I got part of the way down the hill and uh, sort of lost sight of this thing just before I got to the corner and uh, made it ran between these homes in this park and uh, ran up to my street and ran up to my mom and said, um, you know, sprinted up and jumped up onto the balcony and ran into the door and said, Ma, you're not going to believe what I just saw, a red light and everything. And straight away she said to me that uh, it, was, it was probably just an aeroplane. And even at that age, I kind of knew what aeroplanes look like, you know, when you're nine. And uh, I, I realized that this thing wasn't an aeroplane, but, you know, I wanted to trust my mother being in nine again. And, um, so I believed her and sort of left it at that, but it, it really um, niggled at me over the years. And when I was 12, I had another uh, multiple UFO sighting of another red ball coming down from the sky. And but this time I was camping out with my brothers in the backyard, um, and this these, these thing came, this thing came down. But all of a sudden, a blue light came into play, and uh, also a greeny yellow light. And they started chasing this red light around the sky, um, doing oh, all wow. these maneuvers and stopping. And it was like it's something out of Star Wars. And the three of us sat there and watched it, and were pointing up at the sky and going, "Oh my God, did you see that? No idea. Yeah, I saw that. Oh my God!" And it's, they're doing all direction changes, and it lasted for about maybe about seven to nine minutes all up. So it was quite a long sighting, as far as sightings go. And we were just lucky. It felt like we were just lucky to be there at the time, you know, when this thing, when these things were doing these maneuvers, and something that really stuck with me. So it was that sighting that really launched me into reading about, you know, all sorts of um, UFOs and all that. You know, I think I'd read a book earlier after my sighting when I was nine, but it was like one of those child books about aliens or something, UFOs, and I didn't really get that much into it, but I still had an interest uh, over. But yeah, it was the one when I was 12 with my brothers, then I sort of hammered it home for me that, hey, I'm, I wasn't alone this time, I saw something, and I just developed the interest, and that's what got me into UFOlogy 32 years ago. Wow, that's a that's an incredible sighting. I mean, that's something most people would dream of seeing, and for you to experience that so young. And what I love about that encounter is that you shared it with other people. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, they're meant for sharing these stories, you know. I shared them my whole life. Like, not everybody receives them the same way, but, you know, I felt, I've always felt passionate about sharing the story because it, it's something that really amazed me growing up myself. And um, But I, I learned throughout my life that you share it with certain people. You don't share it with everybody because you get certain reactions from people. You get the eye, the... They roll your eye back. They roll their eye back at you. And it's like, oh, this guy's nuts. And then you know, you just yeah, you, the feeling changes, and you, you go, oh yeah, they think I'm crazy. That's fine. It took a while to get used to that because you don't want to be known as crazy amongst people, especially your friends or whatnot. But um, or your family. Uh, but you know, half of my family have now seen it. Uh, and and the lights here on the farm as well. Uh, my auntie, she's a full-on hardcore country woman, and um. She doesn't mess around, and her and her husband have seen the lights on the farm, and and her, she just brushed it off when I asked her about it. You know, it's oh, yeah, they're just the lights, you know, and but um, you know, she she's got a few stories about them herself, and they're quite fascinating. And um, she's not a person to make up stuff. Most of the people out here aren't. They're, they're you know hardworking country folk, and you know they're sheep shearers or they're this or that. And, um, yeah, they're nice people, and um, so you, you don't see them just making up stories like this, and when they do speak about UFOs, it's in a, oh, they don't really care anyway about them, so you know <laughs> that they're telling the truth, and it's all the way out here in the central tablelands, all the way through to Orange, Bathurst, all over the shop here, Bungie, Golgong, you know, these lights are seeing 
Um, and the funny thing is too, uh, a lot of them are seen around areas with um, high traces of quartz, you know, um, whether it be you know, quartz crystal. Oh, really? Uh, and, yeah, a friend of mine in the States, Alison Cruz, uh, she had a bunch of sightings uh, a little while back and it was in an area where um, there's high in wurtzite quartz, quartz, sorry, a different type of uh, crystal quartz. And But still, um, where there's veins uh, traveling through the ground, like in here in Dunedoo, there's massive quartz crystal veins traveling through the whole, underneath the whole town. And now quartz crystal, if anyone knows, can hold power, can hold information. IBM computers back in the 70s actually held, um, I think, a couple of terabytes of information, which was huge back then. Really? Um, in, a, in a piece of quartz crystal. Yeah, they did experiments and everything. So they, they found that you can actually hold information in quartz crystal. So it's powerful. It's quite powerful. Electro-piezic uh, properties and everything. It's just, yeah. So there's something going on with that possibly as some sort of energy thing or whatever. Um, but, yeah, along these quartz crystal veins and in Tipperary is another place where we have high activity, uh, which I've recorded there. And a few of us have recorded, you know, these lights coming down, which at first uh, look like uh, meteorites coming down to the ground, but these things are landing in the valley after changing directions multiple times. Um, you know, we're catching 13 of them in a four-minute period coming down, and, you know, they'd be smashing through large trees in the valley behind us. You'd be hearing these things. You're seeing them go down on video and um, changing direction, some of them leveling out and then traveling horizontal along the mountain ridge line, you know, and you can't see a meteorite leveling out oh, and no then way. starting to travel horizontally no. and then disappear um, and then reappear traveling the other way and actually getting caught appearing almost like it's coming out of another dimension. So it's disappearing over here and then reappearing over here, going the opposite direction. So these things are really, really out there and these... Um, what I call I call them streakers. It's a it's a little bit of an out here name for them, but um that's what they do. They sort of streak across the sky and uh, you know change directions and level out and they disappear into the ground. Some of them we've got footage of them disappearing to the ground without making a sound at all. Same as in the ocean without making a splash. Um, you know if that's a meteorite landing in the ocean, then you'd expect the splash. I, I gather even if it's a tiny little rock, but no nothing. Um, these things just disappear into the ground. And the reason why I, I know that they're a real thing too, because the same night that I caught 14 of them coming down, um, and this is behind our back, I set up a camera looking out over the valley while we're talking. And sure enough, in the four minutes that we're talking, with our backs turned, these things come down. Like it's like they knew that we had our backs to the camera so that <laughs> we didn't find out about them until the next morning. But the reason I even looked at the footage was because that very night, in that four minutes, um, a friend of mine went off to the car and Mike Williams, who's a paranormal investigator, he stayed with me and uh, we were talking and I reached down to grab a, a camera off the floor and I was like, you know, we're going to film something in the sky and sure enough, as I've reached down, right beside my foot and, and my hand, a, a rod of light was probably what I mean, maybe five and a half foot, five foot, five and a half foot what? in length. It went, went into the ground about half a foot away from my hand. I kid you not, it actually melted into the ground without making a sound, without disturbing anything, melted. And and we both watched it go right between us and then melt into the ground, just almost hit my hand. I mean, it was just insane. And so the next morning, we caught 14 of these things coming down, melting into the ground behind us, into the, you know, some people think that they're meteorites coming in and leveling out or something. And no, they're not, they're not insects either flying into the ground. But we saw it with our naked eye. And it was something that I'll never forget. So it really um, shot at home that, yeah, these things are real. 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. I that's almost an unbelievable encounter there, Damien. Because, I mean, what what goes through your mind when you see something like that happen literally right next to you? <laughs> a million different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I jumped, and then I, I didn't think much. Of, all I said was, "Did you just see that to Mike?" And he said, "Yes, I just saw that." Holy, what? Was you know, I won't say repeat the words, but yeah, what was that? And um, sure enough, it was something very strange. I, I, to this day, I can't explain it. And they do, um, if you have the EMF meters on, they do seem to affect the ma- magnetic field of the Earth when they fly close by. Um, so that's something we do know about them. They do fly faster as well than meteorites um, going across the sky or whatever. And they do change direction multiple times as well. And um, they could be any size. Um, they can be large cylinders, smaller cylinders of light, pure light, pure white light with a purplish kind of tinge, and um, sometimes a green tinge as well. Sometimes more so a green tinge. Yeah. Because this is something that I've noticed with your footage is you seem to capture a lot of lights a lot of the time, and that's not to say that you're not capturing what I would say would be the the stereotypical kind of silver looking disc or ball. Oh, that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. But, Mostly Hollywood. Yep. <laughs> but, you, but you are capturing mostly lights a, a lot of the time from the footage that I've seen. And does that make you wonder if these are, these are more energy types of fields rather than, say, an actual craft of, of, of some type? Well, yeah, well, that's a good question. Excellent question. Well, I think that there's a bit of both. I think that there may be, as you say, possibly a craft underneath this envelope of light. Now, um, uh, I'm sure you're aware of the Tic Tac footage recently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, uh, Doctor uh, Commander Fravor, <coughs> excuse me, Commander Fravor, um said that in, in his, his interview that um, under the FLIR thermal te- thermal technology they were using on their um, on their planes, they actually saw an envelope, an invisible they couldn't see with the naked eye. Um, so there was an invisible envelope around this Tic Tac thing. You know, and right. this is something we've noticed time and time and time again. And this envelope seems to emit um, some type of ionizing radiation or um, it ionizes the air around it, which causes it to glow, the inside craft. And possibly it's the envelope which causes or enables it, sorry, to be able to, um, you know, fly into the ground without, you know, damaging or anything around it. It enables it to do maneuvers in the sky that we can't do with our own jets, like, you know, controlled 90 degree turns, you know, at an instant stop with no forward inertia, you know, and, um, you know, and then doing, doing it again. And, you know, uh, moves that would destroy a pilot's stomach would come out through his mouth if we tried to do the same thing, you know, and um, we just can't do it. The G-force is just too incredible. And um, so there's something about this envelope, um, which is seen by uh, FLIR camera, and it's also can be picked up if they're at cloud height, they can actually, uh, the moisture around it can still affect, uh, bounce off the heat that this thing's giving off, this ionizing heat, um, this invisible source. So, look, my point is that no matter how great your camera is, no matter how great your footage is, all you're really going to see at the end of the day with 95% of the footage out there is and more of a glowing ball, no matter how close you get, you're going to still just see a glowing thing. It's not going to tell you what's inside it. It's not going to tell you what it's made of. It's not going to tell you very much about it. It's just more like, oh, can I have some pretty footage to show the people on YouTube, you know? And it's not really telling you anything. So a lot of people are brainwashed by the whole, you know, um, Hollywood uh, type flying saucer. And I'll tell you one thing in my life, I've caught maybe three of them or four of them, possibly, on camera. And, um, you know, 
first time I was with Mike Williams, I actually saw something just like that fly over his head at Tipperary, you know, and I was blown away. And I told him at the time, and I thought, he probably thought, he probably thinks I'm nuts, you know, and this is when I first met him. And, um, but I told him, and what I saw, like I always do, and uh, sure enough, you know, um, within a few days, I caught one in Tari and back in Tari, you know, and so they're really, really strange. They, they come whenever they want. They sort of, you know, there's ships up there too. I've caught gigantic ships that, that appear at night, and what you can see is not the whole ship with the sky, but you can see almost like the windows that appear. Um, and the glowing through the windows, oh, like really? the reddish tinge, yeah, with a reddish tinge sometimes, and they're quite large. These things, and I've actually caught um, two of them in a three-month period apart from each other that are exactly the same shape up in the skies, right above the home, and um, and they appear for about maybe a second, second and a half, as a huge two not connected lines at angles, or three or four slightly connected lines at angles, and oh, they're just very strange and it's like an outline of a ship that you can see and they're gigantic something like out of um you know independence day except uh smaller like straighter designs not round like hollywood kind of design um but yeah there's different types of things out there um and then some of them may be connected to the earth and uh they may live in the earth who knows there's a theory that some of them may live in the moon because a lot of people believe that the moon's hollow because it rings like a bell when it's banged um you know, so who who really knows? There's some. There's a lot of strange stuff going on. There is, and that's a really interesting kind of topic. That you know, that's an absolute rabbit hole because you know I've heard the theories about the moon, and you know I also hear so many stories about uh, deep underground bases in the Blue Mountains, and the the amount of Yowie encounters and UFO encounters that I get told around that area is it's it's almost a joke of how many are happening. It, it ha- something has to be going on there to be causing that type of activity. What, do you have thoughts on things like that? Yeah, well, certain areas, um, as I uh, mentioned before, uh, do have a lot more minerals. And um, so there, there is a, a possibility that areas with minerals, because I know that a couple of the ones that I've actually investigated myself do seem to be more prolific with sightings and um, there, there seems to be a lot more people having strange experiences on the ground in these areas as well. So it's not just in the skies that you know um, it's affecting, it's affecting people on earth. Like in the town here, um, people are lovely and everything. Uh, it's just that at the end, it, it, it's strange. There's a strange feel to the whole town. Uh, I can't explain it. It's a town where, you know, when the, the, the sun goes down, all the street lights go out in the town. So it's completely black. So people are driving around with um, full beam on and everything, you know, around the little streets and stuff. And it's just a very unusual town. I think there's two street lights in the whole of the town, you know, on the main drag sort of thing. And it's very, um, very small, you know, very small place. And um, I've seen the craziest things here, these massive white balls of light just hovering above homes and then moving and heading towards the um, cattle sale yards, you know, and the, all the cattle all at once going crazy and all the dogs in the town going absolutely crazy and the birds and everything all at night time. And um, in the direction of this thing where it was travelling, this big, big ball of light half the size of a house, you know, right behind me and it, it just happened to appear right when I walked out to the, to the backyard at like 11.20 at night or something and on the second night I was here back in 2012, and and then I thought, oh great, they're here now too, you know. And but yeah, that's awesome, you know. And but I'll get right into it. So I started. Um, you know, I got some more cameras back in 2012. I started learning about photography more. And you know, during my life before that, I'd probably had about maybe 10 
to 12, maybe 15 sightings all up since I was nine, up until the age of 32. Oh, okay. Then, so this wasn't yeah, like a so constant very, thing. Not many at all. You know, and, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I came up here in 2012, it just it went through the roof. You know, wow. and, and since then, it's like something followed me. Um, I, I moved to Tyree, and then um, Mel and I started seeing like a lot of stuff there from the second night she moved in with me, and um, you know, and then it went from there. And she ended up seeing about like 70 something, um, all different things, like uh, like three balls of light in a row appear. And, you know, I've seen them here in Dunedoo too, just out of the blue, massive balls of light, you know. Um, and then they sort of drift to the left and all go out at the same time and, you know, really bizarre things. And right where you're looking to in the sky. So they do seem to know when you're looking. Um, you know, when you, if you've got a camera set up in that direction, you can have it filming all night. And then as soon as the battery goes dead, you go out to pick it up and you look up in the sky and then something appears and then flies and then stops and, it's like it was waiting for the camera to stop or something. I call them pseudo stars. Yeah, that's that's weird, and it's it's almost like there's there has to be some kind of sentience to that type of activity, surely. Absolutely, absolutely. There does seem to be some sort of observance throughout history of humans, and to me and through my life, it's kind of denoted that they are observing us on a on a much deeper level as well. Uh, they seem to rock up, and a lot of people will tell you when there's um, humans are together, like celebrating things like fireworks or this or that. You know, I've, time and time again, I've got video of them sort of just flying in from above or f- coming up from the ground or something, and then just doing all these incredible maneuvers and then flying into the ground again at high speeds. You know, almost checking out the fireworks and stuff like that. And um, you know, that that yeah, it definitely shows that hey, there, there's something going on. They, they're watching us. They're interested in our planes. You know, like. I'm sure you're aware of the Foo Fighter phenomenon. Absolutely. You know, yeah, back in World War II. Technology, yeah, yeah. Whenever they we have new technology, they seem to be very highly interested in it to the point where they sit right off helicopter rotors without getting affected, you know, and, and fly past, you know, planes and 747s or right up past the window. And, you know, I've got some incredible footage that um, I have released to the public. And so it's about three and a half years worth that I've only released a small amount. So I really need to start getting it out there a bit more, you know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, they're not, they're not afraid of our technology. It's more of a curiosity. Um, there's time and time again, you know, when we have gotten rock, uh, jets into the air to chase them or whatever, like, uh, the case in, uh, Tehran and whatnot, um, with, uh, Captain Jafari, how he fired it, tried to fire a missile at them and got all of his electronics locked up and he's, um, you know, he couldn't fire the missile and, and they shot something at him and, you know, so there's a lot of, um, also, uh, there's a Russian general who's come out as well and said that whenever they get together for military exercises, that UFOs come nearly all of the time. So when they come together en masse and start, you know, training and, you know, blowing up things in tanks and all that sort of stuff, UFOs come. So they're checking out when we, you know, join up en masse, what we're doing um, throughout history. Mate, some people think that they're time travelers, they're us from the future, you know, coming back to check out past events and, and I think that's no, a, it's yeah. it's a good theory because I mean at the end of the day no one really knows this and I I I kind of like the theory that they they may be time tra- uh, time travelers because if if it gives hope to to humanity at at some point I think just to know that we might still be alive in the future here or 
Yeah, or well, who knows? Like, yeah, it's uh, there's also the interdimensional aspect or the ultra-dimensional aspect or, you know, the extra-dimensional aspect where we think that they could be coming from a, a reality that's sitting there um, that we can't see only every now and then for whatever reason it appears, but it's there around us all the time. And there's an old saying that goes, the spirits fill the skies around us. And, you know... The more I get into this research, and the more I realise there's connections with multiple phenomena here on Earth, um, and and the more I point out the connections, and the more points that I get um, to show that you know, in a scientific way, that yeah, there is definitely all these you know cross things that, that they pollinate into each other, and they um, they're actually quite amazing when you really at first people think, oh, what ghosts and UFOs? No, no, that's hold on a sec. No, they seem to um inhabit the same place and come from the same place. So, you know, some people think it's a de demonic thing if you're religious. Um, I know plenty of people like that. Uh, you know, everyone thinks in their own way and it's normally due to their own experience with it, whether that they have had experience or not. You know, um, a lot of people who haven't had experience just think it's demonic and keep away from it. Or other people think it's rubbish and who knows, but nowadays seems a lot more people are open-minded to the possibility at least that they do exist. That's all I've been trying to show, yeah, for years. That's all I've been trying to show. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. And one of the things that when it, when it comes to what you was just saying there before is people try to make these things fit the paradigm that they know or that they're comfortable with. So, you know, like you said, some people know these as demons. Some people may know them as other things. Some people may even think that these are visitors from a from an astral realm, which, uh, you know, that very well could be the case. But it, it all comes down to how someone wants this to work in, in their own narrative. And until we kind of get a, a full-on worldwide disclosure about this stuff, it's it's constantly going to be this, this type of battle because – the the UFO world is kind of toxic in a way just for that that type of thing because if if you don't believe what Joe is saying on the left hand side to what Max is saying on the right hand side you're you're wrong either way it, there's there's no winning when it comes to this thing which is really unfortunate because these these encounters that everyone have they they're so unique and so individual that I really don't think people can compare them to to other people's types of um, encounters just because of those preset paradigms that people have. Uh, exactly, exactly right. And what I've noticed in the UFO field now that we have the internet, everybody's an expert. So all you have to do is see one UFO and I've noticed that, oh, you're an expert on UFOlogy and you start up a group and 
get people around you because you've seen one UFO and now you've got all these ideas what it might be. Um, like you're an expert, like you know what's going on. And now everybody's an expert. So people who actually do know about the phenomenon who spent thousands of hours outside, you know, filming the skies, watching the skies, watching the night skies, the day skies, you know, learning about the clouds, learning about the heights of the clouds, learning about the weather, learning about all sorts. It's, it's UFOlogy is not just about saying, pointing a camera up in the sky and hopefully seeing a UFO you know, or calling yourself a UFO hunter. There's so much more involved in it. And at me personally, I got attacked when I started uh, showing, because um, a lot of people will take a photo, not realize, you know, they, that they not see anything at the time, but get home and look at the photo and say, oh, there's a little black thing there, and oh, that must be a UFO. But most of the time, 90% of the time, it's an insect or it's a, you know, it's a bug close to the camera flying by quickly, or it's um, a bird up in the sky, you know, at a certain angle or something like this, you know, and, and a lot of people, We'll put that out there, and and when normal people see this and say, "Hey, hold on, no, it's just this or that," or it gets debunked, then the rest of the populace, and this has happened throughout history. This is why, you know, uh, people like us who do see things and, and come out publicly, they think we're crazy, and anyone who speaks about UFOs is crazy because they can't possibly exist. And that's another realm altogether. Religion has helped with that. A bunch of other things have helped that. Science has not come to the party as often as what it should do with this subject. Um, it's still based in the fringe science world, and unfortunately, like most paranormal phenomenon um, that we don't understand, is still based in that world. And I, I personally, I don't believe that we're going to get an instant disclosure from the government. This is something that, uh, for for many many years now, they they have there has been a secrecy to it. And you know, the last um, year, myself, my own life, I can um, <laughs> I can I can tell you that that is true. Um, I've I've backed away. Uh, from the field, but yeah, uh, a little bit, and uh, I'm coming back into it now because I, I realise that nothing can stop me from getting out out there, not even a broken back or whatnot. And um, so I, I have to do what, what I have to do because I realise that governments are going to come out and say, "Hey, oh, everybody, we have been lying to you for this amount of time." And part of the the reason for this is too because they don't want to stir up the public. They don't, they want us all to be working, you know, looking down at the ground, walking around like ants, doing our thing you know, paying them taxes. And the thing is, if, um, you know, a lot of people would freak out still to this day if they found out the government came out and said, oh, look, sorry, yeah, we've been lying and this phenomenon's real and it's out there. And, um, you know, if they do know the truth to it, it's a lot darker than what, you know, like aliens coming from another world to meet us, you know, and, and whatnot. And, you know, I often say, like, yeah, skeptics use the excuse, why don't they land on the White House lawn? I used to say because, you know, why would they want to um, if they knew humans and had been observing us for so long? They'd realise we're like in a zoo, you know, and um, there's a thing called the zoo hypothesis where they come here they're observing us like we would observe animals in a zoo. So you don't go into the zoo cage directly. Um, you wait till the, the animals asleep and you go in and cut its nails or something like that, or it used to be blind or whatever. They realise that humans by now we're a very wild species to say the least. You know we're very violent, um, and you know to say other things about humans too. But you know if they would they wouldn't land on the White House lawn. But at the same time, I say yeah, why don't they land on the White House lawn? Do they not want us to know what they're doing? And so far it seems like a very stealth operation that they're performing. And um, and very shifty one as well, um, way that they can uh, turn off footage, drain batteries from cameras, and I've had that happen multiple times with multiple people around with fully charged batteries, 
and we've had ships coming over, what I would call ships with lights around the perimeter coming over the backyard and multiple batteries on multiple cameras on multiple tripods all failed at once, one after the other. And not one of us was able to film this thing with lights going around the perimeter. Um, it was just huge. It was incredible. It was silent. It was very low over the backyard just here where I am now um, eight years ago. And, you know, none of us could explain that. I had... 14 batteries of the same type, fully charged that whole day. We made sure they were charged one after the other. Sure enough, one after the other went dead as this thing was slowly gliding over the top of the backyard. And that's one of the closest huge Hollywood-style kind of things that I can think of. But, you know, <laughs> what can you do? You know, at the end of the day, unless you grab something out of the craft and show it to the government... <laughs> You're never going to hear from them again anyway. So, look, to me, it's got to be a human thing to get this out there. Um, you know, a lot of people saying that they're experts and they're this and that. They just want to get involved in something. I can understand that. It's a very amazing subject, you know. But when these people get debunked in that, it's, it sort of makes it harder for those of us who are really trying to get real evidence out there who are putting in the real effort, you know, going out filming all these birds and insects and, lens flares and all this stuff and I started getting attacked myself personally when I put that out on my website and um, and I'm just trying to show people that this is how you do it and I'd teach them, I'd, I'd write it in the, the newspapers I was writing in, in the UFO magazines that I was writing in regularly and um, you know all stories about misidents and this and that and how to tell the difference and all about cameras and I just got really passionate about it and a lot of people didn't like that, that I was calling out you know a lot of people's footage. I didn't actually say it myself, but just by putting it up on my website, my own research, you know, a lot of people are like, oh no, mine's not an insect, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying this is what an insect looks like, you know, and so a lot of people, I just try to do it the right way, honestly, uh, and not, you know, not jump the bone every time, not jump the gun, sorry, every time that you see a little insect or something that looks could look strange on the, on the, um, you know, camera after you finished and a lot of people do that and it just sort of rubbishes the whole phenomenon at the end of the day so it really does more, yeah we need a little bit more scientific approach and and the internet's kind of like it's up in the air now who really knows where it's going to go what it's going to do um you know but it seems that the whole ufo thing has gone through the roof and um yeah but we just need some more scientists to jump on board really and I'll, i've been working on that and um like Williams has been working on that too, and we're actually making some inroads at the moment with um, some big names in big universities, so it's quite interesting. And, you know, I, I recently spoke to, to Jane Pooley, who's a, who's a friend of yours, and she has some of the most incredible UFO encounters um, slash alien encounters that you could, you could ever dream of. Her, her encounters are, and I can say this, literally out of this world. Um, and the, the things that she told me, uh, they absolutely blew my mind because it's kind of like uh, the the medical world, especially here in Australia, seems to know a lot more than what's actually being released to the general public when it comes to, I guess, um, yes. uh, you know, alien hybrid type of type of programs and and things like that. So I think it, I think the, I guess the the scientific world is probably not far behind that in the sense that they probably do know a little bit more than than what they're actually revealing and what's What's actually disappointing about it, in my opinion, is, you know, it takes people like Tom DeLonge and to the Stars Academy who 
go out and get these tic-tac videos and things like that. And they have to be the people to to come out and show that, hey, this this type of footage actually exists out in the world. And that's what it's taking us to get to, in, in my opinion, that one little step closer to to disclosure. It takes it takes the a, a rock star to do it, which I think is sad at the end of the day. Oh, it just shows you where humans are at. You know, um, we, we, we respect people who have been you know, in rock bands more than um, people who do, you know, come out scientific with it about it. Or, you know, a lot, see, a lot of things with TTSA, a lot of people don't. I, I, I'm, I'm still on the wall with the guys. And I think what they've done is great because it's alerted a lot more people in the world to the phenomenon. And at the end of the day, it does make it a little bit easier on us, you know. But at the same time, what version of truth are they going to bring out? about the phenomenon what are they going to say a sanitized version are they going to say something a lot of them are filled with ex-DOD CIA officials and as you know if you know the government you're never an ex-CIA you're never an ex-DOD <laughs> that's right you're always, always in involved. there yeah you're always in there no matter what and um, so you really got to be careful who you believe in this phenomenon a lot of similar guys have come out in the past and they're initially uh, project signed with the Air Force they said that UFOs are real and excellent you know, it's incredible and blah, blah, blah. So they had to do another couple of studies after that, Project Grudge and then Project Blue Book, to, and then the Condon Report to come out and say, oh, no, no, it's not real. So initially the scientists said, yeah, hey, there is something here. What's going on? So then someone else said, no, we're not going to rock the boat here. We're not going to, um, you know, we're not going to get the humans too excited here. So let's just keep this under wraps for now. Um, it could be worse if we don't. And, you know, we want them, we want control. So if you don't have people looking up and afraid and wanting to stay in their homes, it's a lot easier to control the populace. So keep it under wraps. So these guys coming out, you know, saying all this stuff, and it's great. It's great to see, you know, the footage. And I saw something on um, the Daily Mail, I think. It was part of the front cover, and they said, um, you know, Navy pilots say UFOs are real, Tic Tac UFOs are real or something, um, but we just don't know what they are, you know. And I thought, oh, wow, I'd never seen anything like that in my life on the front page of the Daily Mail or any paper or anything like that. And um, so that's stuff like that's great because, you know, millions of people around the world saw that. And so it sort of cha- changes people's paradigm a little bit about things. You know? Totally. Totally did. It It was an absolute game changer. And, you know, people can, people can take it the way that they want in this whole uh, To The Stars Academy because practically, you know, once they kind of showed all that footage, they then got a, a defense contract. And I think that's kind of the end that we'll ever hear about those guys from, from now yeah. on. But what, what's in Yeah, and what's interesting about it, though, is it has started the discussion about all this type of stuff again, which I think it's that's the positive that comes out of it. So, and what's what's great about it is, you know, we've got people like yourself out there in the field who are very, very open, very transparent about the the things that they capture, because that's one of the things that I I really admire about the, the work that you do, is that you'll go out there and you'll say, I caught something on camera. I don't know what it is. Could it be a UFO? Could it be something else? I, I don't know. And you're not going out there and labeling it, which is which is a really fantastic move. Yeah, if I do label, thank you. If I do label them, I'll I'll call them um not UFOs, not UAP anymore. I'll just call them my own name. What I label in my books after I see them, and I'll, I'll write them down. Which you know, the sighting, what happened, when, where, where it was heading, what direction, you know, the speed, all the details. And so I've got certain repeat types of UFOs that we see at AAPI and uh, one of them is like a flasher, a nighttime flasher um, and they could be either orange or uh, white and so or daytime flashes which are even rarer um, but we've caught many of them um, hanging around other UFOs during the daytime you know, and these are just bright lights that you know track 
other UFOs or bright lights that flash from the sky. They, they, they sit above a building and just send a bright flash down at you and get your attention. You look up, did I just see something? Oh, hold on a sec. Wow, there's, there's another flash about 10 seconds later. But it's invisible sky. You can't see anything at all. Oh, you right. see a balloon up there and it's spinning around or something that's hitting the sun and only one half of the balloon is metal or something. What's going on here? This, no, but then the, the, the flash gets larger and it changes colour. Okay, what's going on here? And so we've got videos that go for seven to nine to ten minutes long, showing these objects oh, during wow. daytime, nighttime, changing direction in the sky, totally invisible. Other times, uh, actually, we got one here uh, a couple of weeks ago, not long after first moving up to Donnydoo, and my father and I were standing on the front balcony, and I said to him, "Oh, they're, they're here. There's one here." And there was a bright flashing light over the mountain, and um, sure enough, it started dropping and and it'd appear lower, and then it'd flash again, and then it appeared to the side and flash over here a few seconds later, and you're, oh, wow, and then it'd go up really high again and flash up high in the sky. And then, But you couldn't see it between the flashes with the naked eye, but with uh, infrared night vision binoculars, sure enough, it lights up. So you can see this small object zipping around the sky, and it'll stop, and the second it stops, a big bright flash happens, and then it'll zip up That's somewhere. That's incredible. And back down, and yeah, and it's just... Watching these things over the mountains is just amazing, you know, and we've seen quite a few of them, and they play with each other as well. They fly around each other, and it's like they're, they're, they're childish. They're playing childish games. It's very, <laughs> yeah, it's very fun. It's sometimes fun to watch, you know, And but um, you're wondering what they're doing. What are they doing? No? Do you feel like you're being chosen to see so many types of events? Uh, I try and keep away from all that stuff. Uh, a lot of people say that you know, you're a portal, you're a vortex, you're this, you're that. And I try and steer clear from names and labels. No, no I respect I that. I just feel that I'm lucky to see what I see. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great way of putting it. That's really good. Yeah, well, that's, that, that is. It's, it's a bit of luck because a lot of people don't see most of this stuff most of their lives. And But, um, you know, <laughs> okay, there was a case in Germany, I think, in the 15th or 16th century, and there was a case of a gentleman walking into a German town and as he's walking over a bridge, he looked up, and sure enough, he sees a red ball of light following him. And I found out about this last year after reading Jacques Vallée's latest book and Chris Orbeck, um, Wonders in the Sky. And it goes through a catalogue throughout history of all sightings that have been reported in old newspapers. And, oh, you name it. All, all old ancient write-ups and you know that you could possibly interpret as this or that or, or that you could definitely interpret as a UFO sighting or something or an abduction or this or that. And, you know, and then... Yeah, it's very interesting. This thing followed him into town, and what really caught my attention was that it's described that he, when he would look up, it would stop, and then when he would walk again, he'd watch it. It would follow him again. And this is, you know, 400, 500 years ago. Uh, you, you've got to really wonder, you know, what's going on? It seems that that's exactly like my story, very, very similar. And um, the people in the town thought that he had bad luck because this light was following him. So other people saw his light, not mine, unfortunately. But... um. But yeah, very similar case, um, red light, red ball of light, same size was reported, similar kind of size. And um, also, you know, the starting, the stopping of the object, the monitoring of the gentleman as he's walking, you know. Um, and yeah, look, after you've had a lifetime of weirdness and sightings and all sorts of strange things happening around the home, um, you know, yeah, it sort of, it, it kind of starts blending together. And you start seeing the similarities between it all. And this is why we're, we're putting together Haunted Skies and Haunted Earth, you know, because it, it, there's something about, uh, as, as it says in the Bible, it goes above, the same goes below. And I think that, yeah, what's happening down here is 
sort of a mirror image or a mask of what's happening probably on other planets or all through the universe or through other dimensions and it's probably, you know, scientists recently have found other evidence for other dimensions where time runs backwards apparently and so, I mean, who, who really knows? It's They could be living in that dimension where they can live forever or they can, you know, maybe shrink back to small aliens, you know, go backwards instead of how we go forwards and, and we grow. Who knows? Like, there's so many possibilities it's limitless out there and the more you think you know about this phenomenon after 32 years I used to think it was just aliens coming from another planet now I realize after all this time that hey the more you think you know the less you actually know so anyone who says they're an expert on UFOs yeah I say so um, I, yeah I don't believe there's there is an actual expert on UFOs because if you say you know what they are then you can't really know what they are. Sorry. Well, that's exactly it, and you know that that goes the same for for paranormal researchers and Bigfoot yeah, and Yahweh yeah. researchers. It's it's the same thing, you know. Until that's right. Until there's a, a UFO right there parked in front of you, there's a ghost shaking your hand, or there's a there's a, a Yowie right there with you. No one's going to know at the, until that that type of event happens. Yeah, but even then, who would believe you if, if you told them that I, I shook hands with a Yowie or I shook hands with a ghost or a UFO? And even then, what would it prove? You know, does it prove what they are or where they come from? And if they told you, would you believe them? Because there is a trickster element to this. There's something very strange about what they're doing. They always appear as technology that's just slightly ahead of us. They've been doing that for, you know, the last you know, couple hundred years. And um and also like with uh, the airship sightings, you know, of the late nineteenth century, um, they um you know, with people seeing blimps up in the sky, like before blimps were even invented and but very strange ones with people, you know, saying that they came from stars and they were lowering down ropes and picking up cattle and stuff. Very strange things, almost mimicking what's happening today, but you know, if humans back then saw them, which quite a few people did, you know, uh a lot of people thought that they might have been this or that, you know, and um, there might have been people from out of town or German inventors, early German inventors, and um, they found out that, no, that it starts till about 15, 20 years later after, you know, the initial sighting started up. That's when people started seeing the German inventors cruising around. And yeah, so it's just like with the Foo Fighters, you know, the Axis pilots thought it was the Allied aircraft secret weapon or something, and the Allies thought it was... You know the the Japanese or the German secret weapon, and so everyone thought it was the other side. And so they, these things they kind of sit in our culture, and they sit, and also with electricity, they have something with electricity as well. So it's it's something very deep. It's unconnected with some an entity kind of thing, an attachment kind of thing. There's something really strange about this phenomenon, and anyone who's gotten right into it, it can affect you. It can affect you really negatively and it has done a lot of people around this world so a lot of ufologists don't really last long in this field because they tend to either disappear um, their lives fall to pieces um, you know these objects either if they get too close to them they can make them sick um, or they just get sick of people in the field who try and take them out all the time there's a lot of backstabbing in this field a lot of two-facedness as well so you're putting up with a lot of stuff you know um, also some type of government uh, intervention where they're listening to people, um, you know. And then there's the minder stuff as well, where you know, going back years, that 
they had programs where they'd um, insert people into people's lives who were high in power, almost like spies or people who were influencers of some type that the government didn't want to influence people, and they'd find someone to insert into their lives who'd bring them down and destroy them. And yeah, there's a few yeah. people that's apparently happened to, and the Soviets had similar spy programs, but they do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's not unnecessary to think that, hey, hold on, if they don't want the populace to get excited and rock the boat or they try and do something to someone and you know and so yeah a lot of a lot of stuff's happened over the last year and i think that's probably a, a chat for another time if i'm on your show again oh but, mate it would be you know, an absolute pleasure to get you on to to go down that rabbit hole because i mean where where does that end really well yeah does it end uh, and will it end and who knows but the thing is uh people just need who are influencing the public and we need to do it right um, and not just throw out everything that it could be and then it gets debunked and then, you know, the rest of the populace think, oh, yeah, it's just tin four hat brigade stuff again. And, you know, and we're trying to get away from that. We're trying to put some realism with some t- scientific knowledge, with some scientific evidence into it. And that's what's been lacking, you know. It's great to have a video of something that doesn't prove anything. It just proves that, there, yeah, there's something there. It's a bit out there, but what is it? You're still stuck at the end of the day. What is it? That's you know, right. It really can, can do your head in if you don't, um, you, you know, unless your head's already done in. <laughs> then you're right. No, but yeah, it's it's quite a strange topic, and yeah, it can really take you down a rabbit hole. That's for sure. It really can. It really can. Well, Damien, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the uh, on the show tonight. It's uh, I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to get you on again, mate, because I have so many other questions for you that. And I know I'm going to get bombarded with questions once this episode comes out because I, I always get it. I always get it. It's always, you should have asked him this. You should have asked him that. So, um, yeah, if, if you yeah. if you want the, the opportunity is there for the, for you to come back onto the show. Oh, thank you. I'll definitely take you up on that for sure. For sure. And, um, uh, once, uh, maybe I'm a little bit further into haunted skies and haunted earth, you know, um, and maybe when I bring it out, who knows? But yeah, I've got a lot more information um, that's stuck in this head of mine. I, I really need to get it out and talk to someone about it. Like <laughs> I said, I will go crazy. So yeah, definitely, I'd appreciate uh, coming back on at some point. And, and thanks for having me this time around. I really appreciate it. Thanks to the audience. Cheers. It's an absolute pleasure, mate. And uh, just before I let you shoot off, where can where's the best people people can find your your videos, your your stuff, things like that. Well, at the moment, if you go to my normal Facebook page, of all my websites down, all my other pages are down. So I've got my Facebook page, and we've started up a brand new uh, channel uh, for YouTube. And at, at the moment, it's only got maybe seven or nine videos on it. So it's gone from 110 videos or something on my old website to and, and YouTube channel to a very small amount of videos. Um, so unfortunately, um, but we're starting again, and um, hopefully this time. It'll um stay up. <laughs> well, that's it, mate. And what we'll do is we'll uh we'll include all the links and for for your YouTube channel down in our show notes. So if anyone wants to uh, go check out those videos, I highly recommend doing so because the footage that you have captured will uh definitely uh make a believer out of a person who is questioning it at the moment. Well, yeah, hopefully. Um, it won't make a full believer. Uh, do say that you need to see and experience the phenomena yourself really to be a full believer and you know a lot of people do but some people will see a photo or video and realize hey that's a real deal and i get contacted by a lot of them but at the end of the day yet yeah, you need to get out and see it yourself so everyone look up to the sky and you know you never know what you see and that's going to do it for tonight and remember if you have had an encounter get in touch with me my email address is believe at ccradio.com.au 
or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash Believe UFO Radio. Until next time, stay safe and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.